Okay. We are now live with uh, Don McDonald. This is a, uh, a tattoo now uh, slash reinventing interview, but mostly what we want to do is uh, catch up with Don. He has a tremendous amount of large scale tattoos, um, nearly all bio, but there's a, there's some variation in there too. I mean, it's all very, it's all great. You know, and again, the, the, the dedication that it takes both as a client and as a tattooer is pretty tremendous to get these tattoos. So we're going to take about a minute or two to kind of just get situated, make sure that our tech is working with Don, who's beaming in from, uh, are you in Pittsburgh or? Yep, Pittsburgh, yep. Pennsylvania. Awesome. So uh, why don't you give, let me highlight you, and then we could start with the, the vital details, right? So this would be your uh, spotlight for everybody. I don't even know what's going out here, but yeah, give us all your vital details. So that would be, you know, uh, shop, uh, the best way to get in touch with you, you know, website, Instagram, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, the best way to get in touch with me is through my website, uh, bodyworks-tattoo.com and, um, get a lot of emails through there. Um, a lot of people, you know, if they don't want to wait for my schedule, um, I have another artist at the shop. I have a couple artists at the shop. Um, you know, we sort of spread the work out and give the clients choices. And um, but that's the best way to get a hold of me is through the website or Instagram. Ha! I muted myself. This is fun. Um, so, uh, so the shop. Did you, did you give the full details of the studio, the the name, the address, phone number, and was, the names of the current lineup? I was um, I was mainly talking about the ways to get in touch with me, but the shop is uh, the name of the shop is Bodyworks Tattoo Studio. It's been in the same location in Pittsburgh since 1973. I've been there personally for 29 years. Um, I tattoo with Steve Morris and Jim Birch. Uh, we part-time have some microblading available, and we also have uh, tattoo removal um, through the removery that is also there. And um, yeah, the shop number is 412-731-3462, and um, yeah, it's a great shop. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, uh, you have laser removal available right there at the tattoo studio? Yeah, we've had it for years. Um, West South uh, started there probably 10 years ago and uh, that um, under Disappearing Ink, which has now become the removery. And it's a nice combination. That's great. Now, do you find um, that having it right there, you're able to have, you know, in-depth, sorry. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the client experience? So, so when people are coming in to look for a cover up, you have more options now that because the laser's right there. Absolutely. It's been so nice. You know, people getting lasered have questions about what they can cover it up with, how many sessions they need to have it um, treated before we can cover it. So it's a really nice combination having, you know, tattooers in the same spot as the laser. So that's been a really nice um you know, uh, service to offer over all these years. Uh, a lot of people have cover-ups they need done. 
Um, you know, rarely when we're doing a sleeve or a full back or a full leg, there's always something you're covering, even if it's something small and you know, it can't always be covered up, you know, without having a big black shadow there. So, you know, and it does feel like, um, you know, if you hit, if you're, if you're looking to, to, to fix a tattoo that you've either, you know, either the subject matter's bad or was executed poorly, like from there on out, the goal really should be to get like the best tattoo possible. Right. And if your tattooer is recommending that you, you know, hit it with a laser a couple of times to lighten it up, you know, a lot of clients are kind of apprehensive, but it really is uh, so much, so worth it. it. It opens up so many options. Now, have you had much lasering yourself so, or, yeah, or are you just kind definitely. of doing this? Yeah. Let's talk about that experience a little bit. So what was it like getting lasered and, and, and why did you get lasered? Well, it was interesting. Uh, the reason I got lasered is because a guy bought a laser uh, 15 years ago and um, asked me if I had anything that I would want to get rid of. And I said, sure, a couple pieces on each arm. And next thing I know, I got the glasses on and he's firing away, blasting it off. And um, I tell you what, it's a really nice thing to refer people to get lasered when I've done it myself. Um, Removing some of the tattoos that just didn't match, you know, the style that we were in the process of creating and now I have completely cohesive sleeves that are, um, you know, all one piece, thanks to the laser. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a, I had a similar experience uh, with a laser, uh, probably a little bit after that, but um, with, with the same laser tech with, with the guys, uh, the one that he put in on. And um, I remember I, laser, I was lasering my leg and that first set of blisters, holy Moses, it was gnarly, but um, it was very effective, uh, but we, you know, when, when I finally hit it, maybe like five or six times and it was ready to cover it up, you know, guy was like, you're ready to get something, you know, tattoo it. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to laser my forearm here, you know, and, uh, if I'm going to yeah. you know, get a tattoo from guy, you know, my leg, I mean, it would be great and awesome, but, um, I, I've got a little bit more patience. So I lasered from my elbows to my knuckles and, uh, you know, maybe two or three years later, then got to rework it. And I mean, again, it's just so amazing to be able to fix fix those mistakes that, you know, your parents told you you'd never be able to fix. I mean, when, you know, the laser's burning it out from the inside, you're like, oh, my boy. <laughs> We're really fortunate that that tech happened in our lifetime because it has opened up a lot of possibilities just to edit certain sections. And um, yeah, it's it's nice, man. It's really nice. Well, let's, uh, let's take a peek at some of your tattoos here because they're amazing and they're huge and unique. And I don't know if uh, you have any laser cover-ups here to, uh, to keep it on the topic, but it doesn't make a difference. Cause uh, there, actually there might be some in there uh, that I could point out to you. Cool. Well, let's, uh, well, let's maybe go through the little t- the tour here. And um, when we get there, we could, we could touch uh, back on it. So obviously this, this collector here is going for it. He has really been getting a, large collection since the 90s and luckily that entire left arm that i'm working on was all full color laser Mm. removal um you can barely see a a tint of blue under there um he had color work that i tried to cover in the 90s and we just kind of abandoned it and then years later he said all right we got to get back on this collection and he lasered his chest we were able to cover that with black and gray. I mean, we can laser color pieces off 
and cover them with black and gray. How amazing is that? You, that was never an option back in the day. Out of control, really. Um, let's see. Do I have a uh, a picture of him? Uh... Yeah, it's on my screen right now. Uh, me tattooing that guy. Oh no, no. I'm wondering if I did. Uh, I'm wondering if I have. This is uh, no, no. This is a different client here. Damn! Look at that. <laughs> He had a, a laser treatment done on the back of his calf, and he actually had his whole right arm lasered off, the more that oh. I think about it. So, okay. um, yeah, now he's able to have one cohesive biomech bodysuit without anything interrupting it, you know? Out of fucking control. You know, uh, when we put up the, the YouTube thumb, when I saw it, it was like, you know, master tattooer. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, I, I'm so uh, weird myself. I would, you know, you know, it, it's such a it's a crazy term. It certainly fits. But, I, you know, I always feel a little funny, you know, but uh, it was the, the, the apprentice uh, fella, Kyle, who, who was making up the titles. And so just so you know. It's undoubted you are uh, considered a, you know, master tattooer. I think uh, this, uh, you know, work like this kind of, I don't know, proves it. This, this is nuts. So how long did, I mean, I guess, I, I guess I kind of just want to ask the usual questions, right? Let's, let's talk about the process of, of this client. Like you said, they got a little bit of lasering done, but. Um, Absolutely. So how they find you and, and how did this work, man? He, he was, um, well, first of all, thanks for referring to me as a master tattooist. That is a, a pretty huge compliment and, sometimes you forget oh. you know i've been tattooing almost 30 years so it's it's wild when you hear it out loud yeah. that, that, um, that said you know after 29 years you better be fucking good at it but this is <laughs> spectacular you know this is out of control so so this guy um his name is scott scott's from lancaster pa and um he was friends with some other tattoo artists out in lancaster that i you know was fortunate enough to meet earlier in my career um, Scott saw some work I did on these tattooers and he always had the goal of having a bodysuit mm -hmm. and uh, he settled, he decided for a biomech bodysuit. Um, what I like about this collection, which is, you know, close to 20 years in the making, mm. we started with his left arm, the blue and orange biomech. And, you know, from there we went to his chest and his stomach and his back and we just kept building this thing piece by piece. And it's really interesting to see like the progress, you know, like his, his uh, legs are, you know, stuff Don was doing 10 years ago and 15 years ago. And mm -hmm. it's really cool to have a lot a variety of biomechanical styles, you know, like the orange and black and gray leg has got a lot of gears and metallic parts. Uh, the right leg is mainly more uh, organic. And um, one of my favorite things about this is we did a final layer over the whole body over these last few years. And all the designing was fine. I didn't have to alter any of the designing, which made me feel like I was doing something right all these years. Awesome. Hell yeah. You know, it's um, one of those things I'm always you know, reinforcing, you know, sometimes I'm a little embarrassed. I have to, but it's like pretty much a tattoo client is going to get a bodysuit. If the tattooers are doing their job right, then the, the clients are inevitably going to be like, I, I would like to add to this collection. Right. Yes. And um, it's amazing here to see, like I said, so, so sorry, just to refresh. Um, this is a 20 year bodysuit in progress. Yeah. We've been working on this easily for 20 years 
Um, you know, he's probably about a three and a half hour drive from Pittsburgh. So, you know, when you're doing one long appointment per month and then eventually it becomes every other month and awesome. then, you know, life happens and, you know, sure. things change, you know, it gets another job or had situations where you got to slow it down. So that happens with a lot of these big projects. And that's something I would definitely tell any younger artist is you do got to be patient and, you know, not expect it all to happen in one year. Right. How many, um, so, so it was about 10 years into your career when you started this uh, piece. And like you were saying, you started with, um, you know, with one of the, one of the sleeves, I think you said, um, but, but the client was kind of gearing towards the full body suit at that point. So you were, was that, was this the first body suit you, you tackled or? Yeah, I think um, this was one of the first body suits that we sat down and said, Hey, this is going to be a body suit. Um, I've done a few body suits where they just ended up happening over all the years. Um, you just end up uh, building a large collection, but that was uh, this guy's goal from the get go. And awesome. that's pretty, um, pretty fortunate to come across a client like that. Absolutely. The, uh, uh, oh, that's just a smaller picture of it here. Let me, um, ah, yeah. Okay. So here's, oh, is this his, uh, is this his leg? No, this is a different leg. Different leg. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this is great. And now, uh, when did, when did this client get a hold of you or, or, or how did this client get a hold of you? This, um, this client, I have known probably for about 27 years and he's a good example of, I met him early in my career and did some work on him and then hadn't seen much of him for many years. And then um, he came back onto the scene and we just did this whole leg piece within the last maybe two years. Mm. Right. You know, it's interesting when I'm looking back at the career, how long I've known a lot of my clients, a lot of times early on, these, these clients were getting their careers started. I mean, to, to commit to a piece like this, not only time-wise, but it's a big financial investment. So sure. the, the older my clientele has gotten, as I've gotten older, everybody's situations get a little better. And they're like, yeah, I can get tattooed once a month. You know, it's, 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 it's doable. So, yeah. but I love this style, trying to make rigid metallic mechanical images have flow with the body mm. is a real challenge. And, sure. um, you know, a lot of these images are, you know, gears and shapes that I found on the internet, you know, changed them up and then tried to connect them with, you know, my style of biomechanical, you know, uh, backgrounds and whatnot. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And so what is your process? Okay. So, so maybe to a little bit to your process for, for a lot of the reinventing artists that are, that are tuning in. Um, are you like making models? And obviously you've worked with, with, with guy and collaborated and gotten, you know, uh, uh, I think you, you tattooed them, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, so is, are you like making models or is this, are you drawing like a made uh, on paper still? Cause that's obviously yeah, how you started. For this particular project we started from the, from, uh, the outer calf down to the ankle. And then we did, you know, the, the inner calf. So from the knee, the knee up was added onto after, and you can even see in this photo, you see how from the knee down is all healed mm. and from the knee up is all red. Yeah. Yep. So that was just us working on from the knee up. The, the, you know, the knee down was done first. 
So basically I'll get tracing paper, trace out the body parts and do the rough sketch right on the, um, right on the tracing. And, you know, once I photograph it, send it to the client, get the thumbs up, then another piece of tracing paper, do a nice line drawing, make my stencils, tape them together. So, but yes, it, what's funny that you asked about models. Um, I have a model sitting here. I'll show you oh, yeah. a, a client, a client of mine um, years ago uh, was a motorcycle mechanic and we did a forearm piece on him and I described to him what I wanted to do. And he went and made a model for my sketch. And this has just been sitting here. How cool is that? It's awesome. I don't want to talk because I think that uh, blasts me on the screen though, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Can you, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, you know, put some lighting on it and, um, use that for photo reference. Hell yeah. Awesome. It's fun that, you know, when you were talking about the clients and, um, sorry, it's controlling and hosting is funny. You know, when you're talking about the client, you know, that's been, you know, 20 years, like that's a lifetime for some, like that's, that's more than some tattooers, you know, have been alive, some of the younger tattooers, but um, now are you tattooing generations of people at this point, I almost imagine. So like kids, you know, absolutely. That's a pretty good question there. I mean, a lot of these people I've been working on forever. I mean, I remember when they've showed me, Hey, look, we had a baby, this is our baby. And now they're like, Hey, that baby is 18. And wants to work. And I was like, I just held that baby 18 years ago. This feels wrong. I'm going to draw all over this baby. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I just not used to holding my clients when they're infants. But uh, yeah, um, I've noticed that a lot of tattooers, their clientele is roughly around the same age group. A lot of the really younger collectors seek out artists their age, maybe that they connect with a little more. But I do have a variety I feel like a lot of the young collectors are referred to me by some of my existing clients. And, um, you know, it's kind of neat. I like having that range of that age range. Oh, I bet. I, um, I really do appreciate the fact that, well, again, every, you know, like the brains are regenerate, you know, there's new brains coming up, you know, every generation. So it's like almost like every year there's new brains. That's amazing. (laughs) Exactly. um, It is cool. I always, um, you know, I played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, right? And Lord of the Rings. And obviously your stuff, you know, has a fantasy feel to me. But like, you know, those were always collections of people, right? And, you know, generally they were collections of misfit types of people, you know, or creative types. But, you know, they were all different. And um, so, you know, it's amazing. I I wish and I hope and, you know, that, that, I don't know. I I love that. uh, I always appreciated that about uh, what that taught me, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Let's see here. So let me, uh, let me fire up. Uh, I think I've got Jeremy's uh, leg sleeve here. This is another sick tattoo. Um, yeah. Cool. Now, so w- when, when Jeremy came to, what was his, do you remember what his like ideas were, what his consultation was like? You know, his consultation was a lot different because he lives on the other side of the country. He's hmm. from Los Angeles. And he'd always followed my work on Instagram and he contacted me through my website and was like, Hey, I want to do a whole leg. I said, all right, um, send me a deposit, send me some measurements of your leg and some photos of your leg. 
Um, I printed out the photos of his leg, did some sketching on those photos and um, sent them to him. He gave it the okay. So I drew the entire piece and um, he showed up. I stenciled the whole thing on. And in two days, you know, day one, we outlined from the ankle to knee. Day, day two, we outlined from the, from the knee up. And um, he's made, I think, four visits to Pittsburgh. And this thing is um, coming along pretty good. He sits multiple days in a row, two days in a row, sometimes three. Crazy. I, uh, I did three days in a row once. Uh, one set, one, one round, and um, oh, I, I might do it again, but I would not be looking forward to it. It's no um, joke, right? It is absolutely no joke. So, to that point, what do you do for pain management? Or, or you know, there's obviously the the whole range, but um, oh, like I said, you know, what what are the some of the things that you might uh, that you that you do for your clients to help with their pain management that you might advise? Uh, you know, maybe other tattooers, right? Uh, one of, one of the main things I do is when I have um, a large stencil on, I kind of work the piece in puzzle pieces where um, I'll do an hour on one section, say, starting on the inner thigh where you're looking at now. And then I'll move down and start another section. I won't go back to that section that I worked on. So everything mm -hmm. I'm working on is new as opposed to just constantly working over the same area for hours where you're just going to burn somebody out. Lots of Bactine, um, ibuprofen. If somebody wants to uh, get some numbing cream and they're familiar with the process to put it on, I'm okay with that. But uh, it's mainly just working in strategically so that you're not you know, beating the client up and lots of Bactine and ibuprofen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously the uh, mentality of the clients too, right? I imagine by the time that someone's preparing for this, you know, they, they, they know they can do it. You're, you're not, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, first time clients. Although that, that might be a, a good question. Have you found that in the, in the last couple of years as the uh, clients have been more educated that you, you're tattooing more large pieces on, on First time clients, not necessarily younger clients, but yeah, people. yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I think one good thing that we've gotten out of, you know, the internet and Instagram is people can see this large work, see videos of people getting large work. So when they see it, I and mean, that's a lot more comfortable than, you know, walking into a tattoo shop without any idea, not knowing, you know, what you're in for or how you're going to be treated and saying, hey, I want a huge tattoo. So I think people can have a lot more information before going into a shop setting. And um, it's cool, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, so, I mean, that leads into one of the old, uh, kind of the, one, some, of the some of the more tired questions, I suppose. But um, how, how do you feel, you know, sorry, you know, uh, having been tattooing for so long, you've seen a tremendous amount of changes uh, you know, before we get into maybe some of the, the fun history stuff, uh, do you care to maybe address some of the some of the effects like the, that the, the TV really has had? Like, is it has, do you think it's watered down, you know, the spirit of tattooing or is it, has it brought in just more great clients or, or a little bit of both, I guess? But yeah, what, what are your thoughts it, on the TV stuff? And, and, in in, in the my last opinion, I mean, it's done. It's done a little bit of both. Uh, it's obviously you know, shared tattooing with a wider audience. More people have gotten tattooed as a result of it, which is, you know, 
overall better for the business. Um, but it, you know, it's also, it, it's kind of flooded it, you know, the amount of shops that were in Pittsburgh when I started, I think there were four and you know, there's, there's easily, there's gotta be 50, you know, in, in the whole greater Pittsburgh area. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely flooded the business, you know, but overall, you know, they say, uh, you know, any advertising is good advertising. So, you know, yeah. the, uh, well, and, uh, I imagine that you probably haven't slowed down any yourself or, or, or your shop. You're, you're all very talented and have been there for a while. I guess one of my questions is, you know, after, you know, 29 years of tattooing, like you still accept new clients or, or how does that process work? You know, I do because, one thing that happens is a lot of these large pieces, they eventually get finished. So I've just had so many different situations happen where maybe one year I'm like, I can't take any new clients. And then the next year I'm like, oh my God, all these pieces are finished. And I've been telling everyone for a year that I can't take any new clients. Mm -hmm. So even this many years in the business, I'm still adjusting how I you know, book my schedule and anymore, instead of putting people on a wait list or whatever, I'll just schedule an appointment, even if it's nine months out and say, Hey, this is when I'm starting you. And, um, it's the best I can do. Um, it works. Awesome. The, um, uh, so that's great. And that's great though. That means that, uh, if people are interested, well, like you were saying, I suppose they email you through the website or, or they get a hold of the shop. Yeah. Um, and now, have you, did you say, I apologize. I, I do apologize because I'm doing tech and doing this. Did you say the, the other person there was an apprentice or, or uh, just another uh, or another veteran tattooer that you have there at the shop? Oh, man, I'm lucky. I have uh, Steve Morris that I work with. Right, right. He's no apprentice. He's fucking out of control. <laughs> yeah, he's out of control. He's a veteran and um, yeah, he's a total beast. Uh, he's awesome. And then I also was fortunate enough to have uh, Jim Birch uh, end up working at the shop with us. He's been there, I believe, about four years. Okay. And yeah, he's got, uh, I believe, around 14 years experience. Oh, and uh, no, just the whole shop has such a great uh, uh, vibe to it. Everybody's very polite and all have we all have the same goals. And it's just it's a great place to go to work every single day. I freaking love it. Awesome. Yeah, it is uh, great when you are able to, uh, you know, catch the right set of people too. It's, um, I imagine that you've, uh, you, you must have been resisting the urge to grow or not the urge to grow, but you know, the, uh, the demand has got to be far more than three people can handle. Yeah. And we try to keep a, um, almost like a, a private studio, but people do walk in, uh, which just means they end up scheduling a consult. And um, yeah, it's, it's a wild balance. It, it really is. And being in the same spot for 29 years, hmm. I mean, everybody knows where I am, which is a huge positive, but uh, I mean, someone will walk in that I haven't seen in 10 years and they're like, Hey, can I get an appointment? I'm like, Holy shit, man, where you been? <laughs> sure. So, uh, it's a cool dynamic and it can get overwhelming. Like you just said, it's, it's difficult to balance. And I've noticed a lot of tattooers say the same thing. Yeah. It's um, well, it's a tremendous amount of demand and, you know, unlike, you know, nearly any other craft it is just a one-to-one -one relationship. You, you know, 
And until you're directing the robots, which, you know, if there's any tattooers directing the surgical robots, it'll, you know, I, I expect you to be one of them. That's but, a good um, point though, man. It's, it's difficult to train people and say, okay, you now work here forever. Like I have, you know, that doesn't work and everybody's different. It's, it could end up being one of the very last crafts that it gets automated. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although it feels like, right. I mean, if they have robots that are doing surgeries, you know, you're I, right I, about that. I mean, know, it may never be cost effective. And, and obviously the, the designs and the artistic creativity, um, you know, probably can never be fully, you know, replicated with a computer. That's a good um, point. And this piece here that you're looking at is a good example. This tattoo is done on a friend of mine, uh, Jen, and um, she's been getting work for me for over 25 years. Mm. This tattoo, she had something that I did from, say, mid-shin down. And you can see as you're scrolling down, all of a sudden we're getting into some lime greens. And um, you can, I basically had to blend the old tattoo into the new one. Mm. And I don't know how you could make a machine or a robot mentally do that i don't even know how to describe it in words how i did it but it came mm. out really cool oh yeah and it would this would be that that's a job for for guy in my opinion because yeah. guy's really good at like describing the processes to the point that everyone could understand it whether you're an artist or not and um i don't know how you could type into a computer to like okay just you know, blend this old tattoo smoothly into the next. Uh, yeah, yeah. Heavy well, marks well, here. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, I think uh, what I would imagine would be is that the artists, you know, are creating the, you know, the final, what, what they would envision as the final vision, um, oh, yeah. you know, on a okay. 3D model. And then the surgical robot then, I mean, and, and the surgical robots AI. So it's using all of the data from all of the surgical tattoos that have been done to say to produce the effect that the artist is desiring upon the skin, giving it the context of what it is. I'm going to poke, uh, you know, this many holes, you know, and because I can actually test the chemistry of the skin at the same time that I'm poking the holes, I know exactly how the computer might know exactly how much uh, lidocaine to interject in with the inks at the same exact time, right? You know, as a, as a precise artificially intelligent surgical tool. But yeah, the, I see. That's actually, that's a good way to do it. But the image itself, you know, again, to be able to create something like this, um, yeah, I don't know if, if uh, well, you know, if robots will ever be able to do it, really. Uh, although that said, I guess the, uh, it's the, it's the combination of the artificially intelligent computers and people that yeah. uh, get the most results. Um, or at least currently from what I, well, from what I've been, you know, reading, I read up on like Gary Kasparov and, you know, I'm a, you know, like the chess and the AI stuff. And, and basically, you know, computers always going to beat human, uh, and like chess, you know, or any of these games are go now, I guess, but a human being working with AI beats everything. And, um, you know, so, so it's like the, the, the bigger patterns are something that our brains are designed to really you know, to capture or, or to understand the larger and larger patterns and to, to, right. to reference, you know, to, 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 to take a couple small pieces of information and then infer the whole story out of it, really. So, I mean, ultimately, but um, anyways, so. Um, well, 
let me see. I'm going to just make sure this is working here. Give me a little bit of a, of a pause here. <laughs> oh, it is still, it is working. People are watching, uh, Mr. You're Iron doing Hicks. a great job, yeah. man. Uh, hey, thank you very well. It's, uh, you know, frankly, when, um, there's artists that are as, uh, awesome as you are with the work that is like it is, it's, um, I know that it is pretty easy to fuck it up because I fucked it up before, but, um, it's, you know, <laughs> I'm uh, impressed, man. You're, yeah. you're navigating through this pretty good. Awesome. Um, so, uh, before COVID, uh, it feels like, I don't know, like, I guess I'm interested in your, your kind of your, your mystique, right? Cause obviously, um, you know, the work that you're doing is, is, is legendary, but it doesn't seem like, I, you know, you're like a road, you know, uh, a road dog who's at like all the shows or in all of the magazines. It feels like you've like really focused on, you know, tattooing people really awesomely. And, 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 but, uh, but again, I guess I'm, I'm sure you have traveled to tons of conventions and stuff. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that 30 years of experience and, um, and uh, how it's changed over the years? Absolutely. You know, early on in my career, I went to a bunch of tattoo conventions and just I remember thinking, how can I ever work these? Because you used to have to get on a waiting list, you know, to work Richmond and, you know, uh, Atlanta. And, you know, once I started getting work published, I was able to weasel my way into some of these shows. And then um, you know, I hooked up with the guys from uh, Next Generation Tattoo Machines. And we traveled every other month. They traveled every week, but I traveled with them every other month to tons of conventions, really built my name. Um, it was a great time. And then I realized after, you know, several years, probably, I guess I was somewhere between the 10 to 15 year mark. Um, I was trying to run a shop and travel. It just got too hard and it was so busy back home that I just started slowing down the conventions, putting my effort into the shop. Um, and I still tattoo five days a week. And I do two appointments a day, three hours a piece, or I'll do one appointment, six hours or more. Um, so I didn't want to, I did not want to neglect that and be on the road, you know? Um, so I enjoyed it. The conventions were great. Uh, I'm sure they still are. There's tons of them. I mean, there was, there was maybe six, six a year. Now there's probably one every weekend. So, um, uh, well, now there's like, uh, well, they, there was two less. Now there's only one or two a weekend. It seems at least in the States, right. Cause COVID's wreaking havoc with everything. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but to your point, like, I mean, you didn't slow down a bit, I imagine, or, or I mean, I guess you must've had like the two or three months, uh, uh, shut down like, like everybody in America, but yeah, basically what happened is, you know, we, everybody at the shop got together and we decided, okay, do you want to work? Do you want to stay home? Everybody decided to stay home except for me. So I closed the blinds. I locked the door. I put a close sign on the door and I worked every single day through it. Um, I was terrified at first and then it just slowly you start getting used to it. And started, you know, seeing the numbers and realizing, okay, I got a, I got a 99% chance of beating this if I get it. Um, not that I want to gamble with that, but uh, no, I worked, I worked that whole time. And then everybody at the shop came back when they were comfortable with that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, ultimately, it was, uh, it was insane watching 
the, the politics get played out, you know, uh, with the different uh, uh, things that were open, you know, for a tattooer who's, you know, you know, seeing one or two people, uh, you know, a day, it was definitely uh, insane to kind of to watch the whole thing. I mean, it's still insane to watch the whole thing play out. Agreed. But, um, you know, I do uh, really appreciate tattooing, right? It's like, it's such a, a special thing, right? It's, it's it, you know, when, when, when shit's really hitting the fan, um, people still are going to get tattooed, you know, and if they can't travel and take their vacations or move around, then it's actually like, wait, you know, now they actually can get tattooed. And, I tell uh, you what, man, early on in my career, you know, be, just deciding I'm going to be an artist for a living, being a, an artist for a living is a scary thing. There's just no guarantee. And anytime something has happened, whether it be, you know, we had 9-11 happen, we've had, you know, uh, the economy crash a couple times. I cannot believe how durable tattooing is. And I've honestly learned people need it. People need something, you know, even if it's just three hours to sit there and bullshit and, you know, we call it like a therapy session. We just sit there and talk the whole time and they, you know, they get something done on themselves. And, you know, obviously the tattooing process, although it's painful and kind of sucks, there's something therapeutic about it that, you know, you're, you can't wait to come back for some, <laughs> some yeah. reason, but uh yeah. COVID proved it too. People were like, please let me come in and get tattooed. And, you know, so we did the interview process, you know, have you been in touch with anybody? Are you sick? And my clients are cool. They're like, Hey, you know, someone at work had it. I better reschedule just in case. And, you know, uh, you know, we did it as uh, responsible as we could, but people need tattooing. It's, it's freaking amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, in a, in a very secular way, like it's shamanic, you know, you're, you're changing somebody's physical body and that experience is one of the few that they will most likely, you know, they have the opportunity to remember for the rest of their lives. And, you know, one of the things I used to, I used to, you know, when I was first getting, getting tattooed and starting, you know, maybe two or three years after I started getting tattooed, I found a tattoo shop to hang out at and, I, and I've watched people like get their tattoos and then they feel better about themselves and they puff up their chest or they feel more beautiful. And, you know, I was like, beauty's only skin deep. And then, uh, but then I'd be like, you know, but you know, these are pretty cool tattoos. Right. You know? And then, you know, I, I start, I stopped becoming quite an, such an asshole. Right. Like I realized that if I was, people kept talking to me at the bars, Oh, look at your tattoos. And if I was going to be an asshole to everybody that talked to me, <laughs> right. I just be an asshole all day. So I started to like be nicer, you know, and become a better person. And like years later, I was like, and then years later, I'd see other people, they would be better people. And I was like, wait a minute. The act of getting a tattoo for some people, for a lot of people, um, makes them feel better about themselves. And then if they feel better about themselves consistently, you know, or, you know, on a compounding basis, all of a sudden they become better selves. Hey, wait a minute. Tattooing actually allows people to become who they or, or, or can allow people to become who they want to become and, uh, and, and bring about different uh, spirits or philosophies or or memories of people or, or tributes or, or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, I, you know, it, it's why everything's so jacked up, but it's one of the things I think that keeps it resilient. You know, one of the things obviously that's in your favor is that you're really awesome at what you're doing. Right. So like, even if things are going to get the squeeze, you know, uh, people are still going to seek out talent like you. And, and, and again, it's not just your talent. It's also your, your, 
clearly it's also your charming personality. <laughs> you, I mean, you're right though. It's, I never, uh, I never realized how important it is just on a mental level. Like you just, just described how much people get out of the process. And I mean, I've watched over this last 30 years when you're walking around Pittsburgh and you, you know, I would see some people with a couple tattoos and, there were so few of us that I would be like, Oh, that guy's got a piece from Steve. And that's the mm. guy with the, with the left arm piece from Steve that lives in this small town. And we knew that. And nowadays yeah, I see Pittsburgh is a very heavily tattooed city and you see so many people walking around with big work. And I like looking at people and being like, Oh, that guy or that girl, look how much work they have. I never would have guessed that that was their personality if they just walk by without any tattoos. So there, there's something super cool about it other than it just looks badass. It's, you know, it's, it's a deep effect. It's nice. Yeah. No, it's um, obviously it's one of the reasons why we're, I imagine we're both very thankful. Like every morning I wake up and I'm like, I can't believe I still have a space here, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, and also that becomes the responsibility to, you know, contribute to it and to, and to you know, to make sure that we keep doing it right. Um, one of the next, so, so one of the things that's weird about it though, right, it is a business you talked about, you, you know, or you touched base on it a little bit, right? So I don't know, I, we don't need to like get into like super crazy businessy stuff, but, but it is worth figuring out like, you know, 29 years is a, is a tremendous amount of time to be in business for any business. Absolutely. Um, do you have any, like, you know, what's your secret? What you, if you have just one secret, no, that's, that's the cheesy thing. It's not just one thing clearly, but um, I don't know. <laughs> what, what kind of advice could you give to, to tattooers and to shop owners? Um, you know, again, kind of both to the tattooers and the shop owners, because, you know, everybody's watching, but how, how can you do it for 29 years? You know, um, luckily I've always been, really into the artistic side and I love drawing and I put all my effort into doing the best designs I can, but I sort of ended up with the shop when the owner, you know, uh, Moose, Robert Moose Rudder, when he passed away, I ended up with the shop. So I quickly learned that I'm not all that great at running a shop because I don't have much experience in dealing with people, meaning other artists and you know the business end so i had to learn all that stuff and i would just tell people that you got to be patient and you got to be calm and you know like the when something goes wrong you may not have a lot of experience with it after something goes wrong two or three times you're like oh i i know how to handle <laughs> that so sure um it's really just a patience game and i mean there's so much effort i've put into learning how to talk to people. You know, I might say something to somebody I work with that's really direct and it could almost sound mean, but it's like, no, I'm busy and I need you to do this. So I said it directly. So now I'm like, oh, I can communicate something a little better by just calming myself for a second. Mm -hmm. So there are so many things, little things that you have to put effort into your people skills, your business skills, your, uh, your, everything, your scheduling skills. And if you're patient and you put effort in next thing, you know, 10 years has gone by and you're like, man, my shop's running pretty good. And then 15 years goes by and you're like, oh, this is really, really doing well. And I'm lucky to have a, a lot of friends in the business where, 
you know, tattooers come and get work for me and we'll sit there the whole time and bounce these ideas off one another and learn. But um, yeah, Yeah, this kind of tattoo shop business has not been this way for that long. You know, the older school guys were just kept it old school and kept it minimal. And now look at us, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big business with everybody getting it. It's, it's important. No, oh, no. Uh, watching the transition and being part, you know, part of it and, uh, you know, and it's rough and tumble. It's, it's, you know, the, the going from, and again, I, I I've started to like really try to transition my, my mind. Cause I, I fall into that trap of like, it used to be the outlaws and the bikers. And I want to be like, and the carnies, cause the carnies really ca- like, they were like the, the, you know, the freak shows, those were the people that I, that I, you know, probably right. identify with more than, you know, I mean, sailor, everybody's great. I love everybody. I love all the tattoos, but the carnies, oh, I feel like they, they don't get enough credit for, uh, for carrying through that phase of, you know, the, whatever the, the 1900s to whatever. I don't even know the centuries, but, um, you're right. But, okay. No one yeah. talks about them. They're not represented much. Although, but like Coney Island, like all of that, they, they, they were the tattoo freak shows. And, uh, Absolutely. Awesome. You know who we, uh, we just, um, I was facilitating an interview with, with Mark from Needle Jig and, and uh, Shanghai Kate. And uh, it was real fun to, I mean, it is great to keep uh, catching up with, with, you know, all the different stories of, of the histories. And well, okay, well, speaking of the histories and stuff, so could you take us uh, back to, you know, 30 years ago? When you were like, okay, I, I imagine maybe you were in Pittsburgh and you were like, uh, I, you know, it's time for me to learn how to tattoo. Uh, you know, what kind of, you, you know, obviously there weren't very many studios, but uh, yeah, tell us a little bit of stories and um, let's, let's yeah, hear about that. Yeah. You know, I moved to Pittsburgh from upstate New York and I went to art school for a couple of years and tattooing was not really a possibility. And uh, I started seeing it, you know, slowly emerge um, through a bunch of like, you know, skateboarder friends and, you know, people that were in bands that I knew and little by little, I started realizing this is something I could do. And when I saw, you know, skin art magazine and some of those early magazines that were really artistic, I was like, I got to give this a shot. Like this, this is me. And, uh, and then when I saw guys work and Aaron Kane's work, I was like, okay, I'm in. Mm -hmm. And, um, funny thing, I got my first tattoo from, the shop that I now own from body works. And, uh, yeah, it was a different, uh, it was a totally different animal back then, man. And, um, really unique though. I mean, looking back at the history of the shop and, you know, all the guys that, um, you know, got, got it rolling all those years. I mean, that shop started when I was three years old and, (laughs) you know, listening to all the stories, listening to, you know, the way they did things, I just uh, kept my ears open and my mouth shut. And it was, it was, it was a cool, I'm glad to uh, have been a part of that. Um, you know, you mentioned Mark from Needle Jig. Um, I remember we had to make our own needles. Mm-hmm. So on my day off, you know, on Mondays, I would spend uh, three hours making two weeks worth of needles. And um, it's funny to realize now, hey, most guys don't know how to do that, guys and girls. Um, it's a lost craft and, you know, thank God for people like Mark so that we don't have to make those things anymore. Cause, uh, they're not easy to make, but, uh, yeah. it's, it's so surreal to see where it started from that underground shop, you know, to, you know, us making everything by hand that we had to all the tools to now it's, 
It's so big. I mean, I'm glad I've been a part of it, man. I'm really, I'm really thankful. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy ride. I am. Um, I, I was hoping, I'm thinking we went, we want to make a video with, uh, with Mark and be like, uh, and again, to bring back maybe the carny vibe and be like, watch a tattooer make needles live before your very <laughs> eyes. If you want me to film something, I can, uh, <laughs> I can, you guys can film me burning my fingers with solder and the Oh, iron. absolutely. Be- oh, you know, if, yeah, if, if we took a, uh, uh, took the cameras around and, and hit all of the, hit, hit a bunch of people, you know, I, I recently, um, watched tony urbanic build a tattoo machine with like hand tools uh there was a we did a, an eight-week seminar or eight-week webinar excuse me um you know through reinventing and you know he's in his i mean and again all of these tools imagine you know it's uh, uh it's crazy he's, you know he's got his phone hooked up to the two different spots and he's sitting there and he's filing right and you know it's been a while probably since he was like filing by hand because he's got all the power <laughs> tools and shit you know but right. this was like fucking we're doing it by hand you know and he's like and it was and it's a lost oh, craft it's I'm, a totally a lost craft that you know we we had to do back then you know your machine broke you were soldering. I had to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, well, speaking of machines, I suppose that, that brings us to the um, inevitable, you know, what are you using for machines? Rotaries, coils? Does it make a difference? You still Tabori yeah. style? I was very reluctant to give up the coil machines. And, um, you know, luckily working with uh, one of the benefits of working with Steve Morris is he's very progressive. Uh, with all the equipment and he's, he's very on the ball when something comes around and I'm a little more reluctant to give up something that I feel works, you know, the coil machines, when they're running right, they're freaking dynamite. But a couple things started happening, uh, pain in my wrist and um, mm-hmm. my hearing in my right ear. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do a lot of uh, maintenance just on my body. I exercise a lot. I stretch a lot. I, uh, I really take care of my body because, uh, if I, if I want to try to make it another 20 years or so, I better, uh, I better take care of it. So I realized from talking to Steve that it was time to give the rotaries a chance. And, uh, you know, once I got used to them, I never went back. Uh, I've been using the NeoTAT machines this whole time. Probably it's probably been 10 years, um, the coil machines I was using, the next generation coil machines were awesome. Uh, they had aluminum machines that were great. Uh, so they were good on weight, but just it just went to the rotary machines and I haven't looked back. You know, it's my my right ear still rings from all these years of tattooing. And, you know, my hands hurt a little less because of the little less vibration. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you end up getting uh, surgery or did you uh, narrowly avoid it? I have um, done pretty good at avoiding it. I actually learned a little bit of yoga from one of my clients and did that for a few years. I went to an occupational therapist and learned some mm-hmm. stretching. Yeah. Um, the more uh, exercising I do to strengthen the areas, they seem to help. I get a massage once a month, you know, not as like a treat as a, I got to make this work. It's like, I need it. Uh, chiropractor once a month, he adjusts my wrists every time. So um, if they get real bad, I'll soak them in Epsom salts. Uh, it's a lot of work, man. Um, at night, I put on these copper infused gloves and just sit there and watch movies like, you know, the last hour of my day or two hours and they, they relieve the pain. Anything I can do, it's it's a lot of maintenance. 
Yeah, there's no question about it. That uh, that kind of leads perfectly into maybe uh, maybe our last question, our second to last question. Um, time management. So right, so you own the tattoo studio, you, you tattoo. You're, you're talking about the physical therapy, exercise, stretch. Like, how do you manage your time? Like, there's so many tattooers that um, can't figure. You know, I mean, I can't barely figure it right. out. Right. Uh, I'm and I'm not, I'm not implying that you have figured it out, but. How do you deal with time management? Do you have any good tips or, yeah. or any things to avoid? I don't know what happened, but I became super good at time management and sitting here at my desk. It's funny you asked that. I have this notebook and I don't even know if you can see it, but every yeah. single week I write down Tuesday when my tattoo week starts mm-hmm. all the way through Monday. And I write down everything I have to do every day. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I work out. Even I got it down to like cleaning my house, cleaning the shop. I write down what days I got to do what, and then what errands I got to do on my day off. Um, Without this and without having these little kinds of rules, there's no way I could manage the amount of stuff I manage. Um, Like on a Sunday, I do nothing art related. That's, you know, time for doing things I like to do you know, bicycle riding, take my car out for a spin, fun stuff like that. Monday, I run errands, buy supplies for the shop, supplies for the house. I prepare my food on Monday for the week so that I can eat before work, eat right after work, and I don't have to spend a lot of time cooking. I've become so regimented time-wise. And the funny thing is, is I love it. Like a lot of people I've met and people I've met in the business, they, they can't stand being regimented or scheduled because, you know, we schedule our appointments for a living and it's, it's almost like being scheduled is frowned upon, but I like it because I like getting all this stuff done. It makes me feel like I accomplished something, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I, uh, it's funny. I've got my checklist here. Yes, and, there you go. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Lascarbo uh, did the printed. I did like the computer version for uh, for some tattoo conventions, like a checklist. And then he was like, "Make it printoutable," and I was like, "Oh shit, this is amazing!" And uh, I've got my pencil. I specifically, I don't draw or anything, but I have a pencil and a pencil sharpener just so I could take my notes with a sharp pencil. Now, uh, just the only thing that I'll add to that is, um, I am a computer guy, so I spent years in my business telling people stop taking notes on fucking paper for Christ's sakes. You're just going to put them in the computer. But <laughs> I, there's no question. And the more that I listen to, to scientists and, and listen to, to people that deal with brain development and, and brains. Like the act of writing stuff down not only gets your muscles moving and thinking about it in a different way, um, but it's also you, you can't transfer the information as fast. So you're and again, when we're talking about layers in the brain, thinking about patterns, yeah. When you're, when you're writing stuff down by hand, you're forced to like have the the made the, the large pattern. At, whereas if you're typing, you could like basically write transcripts. You know, so it's like it's not a, you know, when you're when you're typing, you're not even taking notes. You're like transcribing. Uh, it's a good point. Uh, so, and you know what? I have note paper. It's funny. If you can see my desk, it's all these little note papers. Mm-hmm. I keep oh. note papers um, by my bed. I keep them um, next to my tattoo station. So I might take a break when I'm tattooing and be like, oh man, I got to, I got to run a few errands. And then when I write it down, then I'll stop thinking about it because my brain never shuts off. And I'm constantly trying to keep all this stuff organized. But if it's written down, I can tell myself, you don't got to think about it anymore because it's written down. 
Yeah, damn. Awesome. Uh, Sissy, okay, I, I want to uh, thank uh, Jerry's been a little active in the chat room here. Uh, his comment uh, about our talk earlier, the carnival folk and the weirdos are kept alive and well in traditional tattooing. Uh, lots of respect, history, books, and pictures shared every day in those pages. Uh, Jerry, if you want to share some of the pages in the comments, uh, I'd love to check them out. I definitely uh, have been, well, and again, I was checking out a couple more of them today because I was doing some of that editing, but um, nice. Cool. So uh, last question. I mean, obviously, I think that we could keep chatting. This is uh, uh, awesome, but we do want to leave people wanting more. Um, <laughs> so, so last question. So when you're, um, you said you were watching movies. So the question is, you could answer one of two questions. Um, we put together lists of either music to listen to while getting tattooed, ideally long form. So I've got, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, music concerts or, or albums or whatnot that are on the YouTube or what movies uh, would you want to turn somebody on to, to get their thinking caps uh, warmed up or whatever. I don't know. So um, when I'm tattooing, I keep an, I still have an old iPod and I probably have uh, 20 playlists on there of a lot of my favorite music. And most of it is, you know, I have my favorite music and then I have music that I could have, you know, in mm -hmm. the background and people could tolerate it. You know, there's some stuff where I'm like, okay, no one's going to like this. <laughs> no one wants to hear this while they're getting tattooed. But yeah, when I'm tattooing, I just keep the playlists, you know, they're like eight hours long. So I just hit play. Don't got to worry about them. And then, um, but what are, what, who, who, are who's in, who's on the playlists? Oh my God. Um, the majority of the stuff that I like, I, I was really into older punk rock music uh, when I was younger. And a lot of that stuff, uh, the older I get, there's been some, um, some of the punk stuff is still really cool to listen to when I'm working. Uh, some of the like heavier kind of doom, you know, where it's just real, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you got, you got to give us names. You got to give us names to punch into the Google. Ah, cool. So there's a band called Windhand. That I wind really hand. like. Yep. Wind hand. They're they're really awesome. Uh typo negative. Oh yeah. My favorite all-time bands. Um, you know, some of the older stuff. Typo. I fucking have, love like, typo. I you saw like them typo a negative? Oh yeah, yeah. I saw them a bunch. They were uh were they New York, maybe Brooklyn. I don't know. I, I, I yes. probably saw them uh, like a half a dozen times. Yep, I yeah. saw them a bunch of times. That's really good to listen to when you're tattooing. Um, uh, R.I.P. Uh, Peter Fu Steele. Manchu is a, one of my all-time favorite bands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they all have kind of like that low, like heavy guitar sound that's not like a high-pitched piercing, sure. you know, like some of the some of the older punk rock stuff I used to like that was super, well, I still like, was super fast and super aggressive. Sometimes that doesn't make for fun to get tattooed to. So, right. But yeah, wind yeah. hand, typo negative, Fu Manchu. I love all that that kind of stuff. Awesome. Ever hear of uh, morphine? No morphine. Remember yep. morphine? Exactly. The uh, some of the guys, uh, Dana and uh, the drummer, Vapors of Morphine, are playing uh, Jiminy Peak in like ten days or less. Wow. So I'm. Uh, that's one of my. I'm uh, uh, ecstatic. If I was going to do one, you know, one small little event, uh, they're they're out of Boston right now, so uh, we were able nice. to snag them. So. Uh, and again, we were just saying like that low rock, you know, just it's like all saxophone and whatnot. But awesome. Well, this has been, uh, I, I, I don't want to say a pleasant surprise. I, I was, I was, for some reason, I'm like that. I even said it to Guy. I'm like, I don't know. Is he going to be a hard interview? Like I, I kind of know. I mean, I know his work way better than I know him. And um, this was, you're, you're exceptionally personable. 
dude, thank you so much. The, the funny thing is we didn't, um, we didn't rehearse any of this. We didn't well, have any plan. Um, this just was really cool. So I enjoyed it. I'm incredibly thankful that you, um, thought to give me a time spot on your show like this. It's I'm, I'm honored, man. Oh, of course. This is a, I think this might be the first time we've talked more than five minutes, frankly. I mean, maybe we must have talked about the website a little bit at some point, but that was that was years ago. But uh, anyways, like I said, or like you said, this is uh, exceptionally enjoyable. Thank you. It's an honor. I mean, I, you know, uh, again, to be able to present uh, those bodysuits to, to, to people and the insights on what it might take to, to get them. And, you know, ultimately, the goal really is at least, you know, for, for me is to help introduce this stuff to people so that instead of getting lasered uh, or instead right. of like getting small tattoos here or there to to try out the spaces and, uh, you know, think about it. Like, these are the things that are actually possible. And, you know, the, the, the sooner you come to that conclusion, you know, again, the less you have to cover up and laser off. So anyways, um, we'll, we'll definitely have to do this again, for sure. I would and, love um, to. Do you have any, um, any closing, uh, any thoughts, or, or I guess, as, uh, what are you working on in the next, like, do, do you have any next, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I guess we already closed out the interview, didn't we? Yeah, I don't know, man, if it's I don't know if that shut off or not. But I was just going to say the fact that you do this and you offer this to people, you're like one of the first people that's ever done this kind of thing. So you're at the beginning of, you know, 20 years from now when people are like, God, look at all these cool interviews that this guy did. You know, this is awesome. I mean, you're you're a big part of that, man. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool what you do. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I love uh, being the computer geek. And obviously, uh, Guy is also uh, a tremendous inspiration on how to, like, you know, do the right thing and, and be a geek in, in the tattoo world. And um, and I have to say, uh, and, and just in general, like, I am a weird, short, unpersonable computer geek. And Guy is like uh, this very patient, you know, thoughtful and always positive. So So I try to I try to bring that in as much as possible because um, like I said, I'm, I'm like a short computer geek who just wants to fucking email people from my basement. <laughs> hey, I'm an art nerd yeah. and uh, we got a nice community of people and you, you pull it off really good, man. It's pretty awesome. awesome. Cheers. Well, thank you very much. And then um, I'm going to blast you uh, onto the screen one last time just to do the shameless promotion, let people know how to find you. And yeah, then we'll, we'll call it a wrap for the night. Perfect. You're on. Okay. So you just want me to say I'm, you know, Donald uh, Donald. And yeah. You know, if you've made it this far, you might as well as. Yeah. Hey, I, um, you know, I'm at Body Works Tattoo Studio in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, work with Steve Morris and Jim Birch. Uh, the best way to contact us is by phone 412-731-3462. Or you can email me through my website at bodyworks-tattoo.com. Um, Don McDonald Tattoos on Instagram. And um, yeah, give us, a, give us a shout. Awesome. Perfect. Well, hey, thanks again. Um, yeah, I'm going to click the button and uh, we'll be done. So I, now's the time where we have to make the funny face so that the last uh, frame...